Please join me in prayer. Holy Father, God of mercy, look with compassion upon this land and grant to us civil peace. We cherish the right to express disappointment or disagreement publicly, but grant grace to those who do so always to speak with respect and reason. Remove from all hearts hatred, suspicion, fear, and prejudice. Help us to explain our neighbor's actions in the kindest way and use your church to be an agent of peaceful and reasoned discourse in this time. Grant us unity as a nation, delighting in the rule of law and not of men. Drive far from us the spirit of sedition and rebellion and help all our citizens to honor our government officials, to pray for them, and to hold them accountable as servants of the common good. We ask this through Christ who taught us to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's and whose love embraces all and calls all to be your children. Amen. Please be seated. We need good leaders. Now, while it is apparent that the people in the United States have many differing perspectives on just what makes a good leader, the need is still real. As we've seen over the past many months, people in our nation have become passionate advocates for their parties or their candidates. They're hoping to get good leaders in office. But as we've seen, that passion can turn into a divisive force, turning people into us versus them parties, even driving friends and families apart. Passion turns to hate. Politics and partisanship become the concepts in which people put their trust and their confidence, even making a religion out of their candidates or party issues. The desire for good leaders becomes something else, idolatry. Idolatry happens when you put anything in the place that God should have in your life, looking to it as a foundation for life, as an object of worship. Look back to our first reading today from Isaiah chapter 46. You'll hear God's prophet calling out the idols, the false gods of Babylon. Images of those false gods were carried by the people who made them, by the animals that they conscripted into service. So what kind of leaders are these that the people should trust in them? God reminds his people that he is the one who made them. And he will never fail to carry his people, even throughout life to old age and beyond. We need good leaders, not idols. And good leaders point us to Jesus and his word. On November 10th, 1483, the church was struggling. The Bible was not generally read, and even when it was, it was not well understood. Law and gospel were largely confused. People longed for rest, but they were driven to their good works to try to make things right with an angry God. And their good works, they were never seeming enough to achieve peace with God because they weren't. On November 10th, 1483, Martin Luther was born. 
And while his birth wasn't a noteworthy event, even in that little town of Eiselben, Germany, in time, this man would open up the pages of the Bible and help the church recapture its central teaching that we are saved by grace through faith because of Christ. Remembering is good. History and memory bring the church together across the ages. The Gospels themselves are a narrative that recall the work of Jesus for us. Without knowing the work of Jesus, who he is, what he has done, faith couldn't exist. And just so without a vivid memory of the past, the ties holding us together as the church, as the people of God, are severed. The story of Jesus is told by human beings. So that's why we commemorate God's work through his servant, Martin Luther, this day. We're not doing this for Luther's sake. He's not the point. We do this to remember how faithful God is in keeping the promise that Jesus made to us that even the gates of hell would not overcome Christ's church. Now Martin Luther, he was a simple person. It might not seem that way to us who know what would happen in his life, that he would play an enormous role in world history. But he was born to a family of modest means in completely unexceptional circumstances. Luther's early years are full of stories of developing character and at times, extraordinary events. You probably know the, the thunderstorm, the story there, where he was led to the monastery after he cried out, help me Saint Anne and I will become a monk in fear for his life. But momentous, life-changing events such as this aside, they're not really what set Luther apart. What set him apart was his deep love of the gospel, something that he discovered only really later in his life. It was after years of trying to achieve righteousness on his own, struggling with trying to make himself right with God, that the Holy Spirit opened the scriptures to him and showed him that righteousness of God was not something that Luther merited, that he earned, but it was something that Jesus had won for him and for us, all by grace. And this was truly good news. It was great news. It was great news then and it is great news now because the Reformation is still all about Jesus. And Jesus is still all that we need. Historians tell us that Luther's world was filled with ignorance and superstition. Most people had little or no knowledge of God's word because most of them couldn't read. And even if they could, Bibles were scarce and expensive. While today we have easy access to God's word, even probably carrying it around with us on our phones and our pockets, human nature hasn't changed. We are conceived and born in ignorance and superstition. We set up idols of our own making. We deny our sinfulness and our rebellion against God. But in that purposeful forgetting of our own past, 
we show that people today are spiritually really no different than the people of Luther's day. When Martin Luther rediscovered the gospel, he sought to reform the church, not to overthrow it. He was not seeking to start a new church. He simply wanted to reform the existing church, to draw it back to the pure gospel of God's grace in Christ. He invited church leaders and teachers to discuss these vital questions. And from tiny Wittenberg, way off the beaten path in Germany, grew a movement that has not stopped, a confessing movement that seeks always to underscore these truths of God's word. We are freed from all sin and guilt solely by the grace of God, which is ours in Jesus Christ our Lord. We receive forgiveness of sins. We receive life. We receive salvation simply by believing this good news that Jesus has done it all for us. Sola gratia, sola fide, sola scripturi, solus Christus. By grace alone, by faith alone, by scripture alone, because of Christ alone. Luther pointed only to the one of humble and miraculous birth, Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Luther preached only Christ, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. So today, we look only to Christ as our confidence and our hope. Don't look to the world and its leaders. Don't look at the strength or the weakness with which you believe. Don't look to the things that you do. Don't look to the good works you do for your neighbor. Don't even look in your heart. Because looking to ourselves shows us only that we have sinned, only that we have fallen short of the glory of God and that we have earned God's displeasure, his anger, and his wrath. And we will find no comfort there, no forgiveness, only bondage to sin. Look to Christ and him alone. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Christ truly is your comfort, your hope, your joy. See that he has done all things well for you. He earned God's favor. See how he has kept the law in your place. See how he has earned you heaven. See that Jesus alone, by his suffering and death on the cross, appeased God's anger and turned away God's wrath. See that he has done all of this for you in your place. By his work alone are we saved. Jesus, the Son of God, has set you free. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And while we didn't plan it to happen this way, it is entirely fitting that this weekend we are dedicating a new perpetual plaque here at St. John's. This plaque, which hangs right outside the sanctuary entrance, you'll see it. If you go out, take a moment and take a look at it, it comes as a memorial for Chuck Herbert, 
Chuck had long hoped to see a marker here that recorded the names of all those who have served as pastors in our congregation. Pastors are ordinary human beings. We are certainly not worthy of being idolized. But we are here to point you to Jesus and his word. And in so doing, strive to be good leaders. That's why we remember the birth of Martin Luther this day. God used this humble man from out of the way Wittenberg to shine the light of the gospel brightly into his day and thankfully into our day as well. It's good to remember. It's good to remember Martin Luther's birth. And it is even better to remember and believe in the one to whom Luther always pointed, Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen.